0: Hello and welcome to the Strength for Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Finnamore, owner of WorkFit Me Mobile Physical Therapy. The goal of this podcast is to help busy main professionals find the mental, emotional, and physical strength necessary to fulfill their true purpose in life. I have a passion for sharing my true purpose with others. Join me as I discuss holistic health and wellness tips and inspiring stories with my friends, colleagues, and even heroes and mentors. To help you fulfill your true purpose in life, let's go. Let's go, indeed. What's going on, everybody? Dr. Phil Finnemore here with WorkFit Me Mobile Physical Therapy, helping you hardworking, busy, time crunch main professionals build a resilient body that you can be confident in, so that you can live a happy, healthy, and wealthy life, doing what you love with who you love. And we are coming back at you on the podcast this week with another 2022 highlight series. This is part three of the 2022 highlight series. And again, another one that uh, on top of me finding it fascinating, I'll, I'll beat the dead horse again, so to speak. And I, I find all these conversations fascinating. That's why I have these people on the on the podcast. But another one that you all found pretty intriguing as well one of the higher downloaded episodes of the year and wanted to bring it back to you again because i've been working more and more with dr roy and with professionals like him who are using their background in dentistry and orthodontics to help people with their airways and even achieve treatment for sleep apnea that does not include a cpap so um as you might have guessed, this is episode 56, uh, Breath of Fresh Air, with Dr. Nicholas Roy of Soccer River Dentistry. And again, I've been working with these folks, helping people that have jaw pain, TMJ disorder. Uh, so doing my work on the mobility, stability, strength, and endurance side of things while they do their work orthodontically to help these people breathe better. And and you'll hear in the episode, breathing is obviously important. <laughs> we know that. We need oxygen to survive. But when we don't get it, or when we're getting it enough to keep us alive, but we're not getting it effectively, it can cause a whole cascade of issues that are way more than simply a issue the the typical issues you think of with with breathing so i don't want to give too much away because it's a great conversation so without further ado here is part three of the 2022 highlight series dr nicholas roy uh, a breath of fresh air and if you have questions about how what i do in the physical therapy world meshes with what they're doing in this dentist world with this airway uh Airway Dentistry, by all means, please reach out to myself or reach out to Dr. Roy. All of his contact information is in the episode and show notes. So uh, enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Strength for Your Purpose podcast. Really excited about this one. I wanted to thank you so much for listening to this this string. We've kicked off 2022 with a a string of fantastic interviews here, and the hits just keep on coming. Really excited about this one tonight. So with, uh, we're, we're not going to beat around the bush or anything here. We're just going to jump right into this one because I'm, I'm so excited about it. I am being joined today by Dr. Nicholas Roy, who is the owner of Saco River Dentistry in Buxton, Maine. Uh, Dr. Roy was born and raised in Lewiston, Maine, and attended UVM for his undergraduate studies. Upon completing his bachelor's in chemistry, he headed south to the University of Connecticut School of Dental Medicine, a top-rated dental school. In order to help patients with such complex needs, he decided to enter an advanced education in general dentistry in Richmond, Virginia. This experience gave him the confidence and skills necessary to do implant dentistry, full mouth rehabilitation, sedation dentistry, and complex surgical treatment. He acquired Soccer River Dentistry in 2013 and began to craft the practice of his dreams. Outside of dentistry, Dr. Roy has a passion for golf, hockey, running, fishing, hiking, and playing guitar. He enjoys time with his wife, Danielle, and their dog, Neely, a silver lab. And Dr. Roy, I think you added another member to the family recently, did you not?
1: Yeah, since the pandemic, we've added two. So we have Beckett, uh, our little boy, he's 20 months old. And then Scout, who just turned seven months uh, yesterday.
0: Wow! Fantastic! Yeah. Well, congratulations on that.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Congratulations, and uh, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Excellent. No, I'm glad to be here, and I, I can't wait to you know share my perspective on things to help people reach their their full potential.
0: Awesome. Well, well, let's dive right into it here a little bit because the the big reason I, I had you on is is we've had the the uh, a great opportunity to. To, to talk and collaborate a little bit on, on something that is really u- unique and, and I think is going to be new to a lot of people that listen to this in the world of, of dentistry, and, and that's a connection to what dentistry can do for our airway and our breathing, which I don't know if you knew this, uh, Dr. Roy, but I- I'm pretty sure the, the fact that we need to breathe to live was on like page one of the first medical textbook ever, ever
1: published. Um, I did not know that. And no. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I,
0: I, <don't laughs> nobody fact check that, please. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure if that's true, but but obviously we all know that that breathing in our airway is super important. It's it's the it's the it's the key to life. So, as a as a dentist, uh, talk to me a little bit about what in your career as a dentist led you to start looking looking at this. Um, and, sure. and yeah, and let's start there, and then we'll 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 kind of go from there.
1: Sure. You know, dentistry is one of those professions that uh, the layperson would think, you know, we just clean the teeth and we remove cavities. Um, And that might be true for the bulk of our day. Uh, Mm -hmm. Much of it comes down to connecting the mouth to the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. You know, it's unfortunate that dentistry and medicine split. Uh, Interesting story. 1800s, there were these two guys that were both barbers and Uh they were known for pulling teeth. They wanted to create a dental school curriculum. So they contacted the University of Maryland and asked them if they could create a curriculum within the medical school, which really, in hindsight, would have made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, the medical school thought they were just barbers, so they said no. Long story short, they created their own school and that was the first dental school, University of Maryland. Wow. Uh, so that's how the, 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 the chasm has been created between dentistry and medicine, when in reality, the mouth is connected to the rest of the body, no different than a podiatrist in medicine uh, practices on a part of the body that's connected to the rest of the body. Sure. Uh, over the past 20, 30 years, dentistry has really tried to um, connect itself back with medicine through mm. integrative medicine, integrative dental medicine. Uh, And we know a lot more now that the mouth is connected to the rest of the body where um, bacteria from our mouth have been found on the plaques inside of our coronary arteries and our heart that are connected with heart attacks. Um, That probably is the most well-known connection between the mouth and and the body. But as clinicians, we we feel obligated to help patients in any way we can. So the journey towards what we're gonna talk about today Started with a CE course I attended and somebody, uh, a dentist got up and started talking about the connection with sleep apnea mm. and overall health. And the reason why dentists are are connected to this particular part of medicine is because we can make an appliance, it's a specialized mouthpiece that holds the jaw forward mm. and opens the airway. Mm. Uh, this, is, this is known as an alternative treatment uh, aside from a CPAP. You know, CPAP is that mask that uh, patients that are diagnosed with sleep apnea often have to wear, mm. which is cumbersome. Nobody wants to wear a mask. It's not sexy. It's sure. uh, uncomfortable. Um, sometimes the air is dry. You know, There's all kinds of reasons why people don't like the CPAP. Mm. Uh, so d- dentists have been asked by the sleep physicians to make these appliances. Mm. Uh, so that's how it all started. Uh, and as somebody who Ultimately got diagnosed with sleep apnea after this journey had started for me. Uh, I started to use the appliances myself, Mm. started to realize an increase in my quality of life immediately. So I I would have fallen into this anyways, because I love any time where I can take science and improve somebody's quality of life. Um, This was a directly impactful thing for me to do. My father had had sleep apnea, died of a heart attack definitely think it was connected my yeah. brother has sleep apnea so there's definitely a a lot of reasons in my personal life to learn this stuff as much as I could sure as, t- as time went on i started to make appliances for patients and nothing will get you more addicted to being a medical/dental practitioner than having a patient coming back giving you a hug and saying you changed my life yeah uh, so the rest is history i mean after that first hug <laughs> um, i wanted to learn more so <clears throat> Fast forward a couple of years, many other sleep appliances, mandibular advancement devices, uh, oral appliances, they come in many different names, but essentially they're mouthpieces that uh, can treat sleep apnea. They can't treat everybody. Mm -hmm. The CPAP is still the uh, standard of care Mm -hmm. for the patients diagnosed with this condition. But before I continue, maybe we talk a little bit about what sleep apnea is. Uh, That'd be a good idea. Yeah. Diving into the weeds, but uh, for the listeners out there who have heard the term, but don't fully understand what it is, uh, I'll start by saying it affects everybody. It's not the 70-year-old overweight male who has diabetes and hypertension. Mm. Uh, That's who we used to think always had sleep apnea. And the truth is they do. They have the highest uh, incidence of sleep apnea. Sure. Uh, but. Sleep apnea comes in many different forms and, and can also affect the 100-pound, 18-year-old female who's athletic. Mm. Uh, there's lots of reasons why people struggle when they breathe when they're sleeping. Long story short, there's a tube where our oxygen has to go through. And if that tube is small or collapsed or bent or you know, whatever reason, we're not receiving as much oxygen as our body needs when we're sleeping. Mm. As we all know, when we sleep, we're recharging our batteries. And yeah. one of the fuels for recharging those batteries is oxygen. Right. So if we're not breathing, we're not recharging the batteries. We wake up the next day, we're not 100%. Mm. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I will beg to say that 90 to 95% of society, at least in the United States, suffers from this in some form or another. I'm not saying everybody has sleep apnea, but sure. compromised sleep quality. Mm. Uh, much of it connected to uh, lack of lack of breathing.
0: Yeah. And it's, and so it's, that, it, it's yeah, huge ahead. too. I, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to interrupt, but, and that's, that's huge for, for not only, you know, recharging, it's good for our brain health. It has huge implications on healing. If people are going through like recovery from a surgery or a procedure or they have, they have pain, things like that. Um, inflammation in the, in the body, it's yeah, it's it, the sleep sleep is severely underrated and it's one of those things uh, there's a trend out there now, it, you know, there's, there's been that question of should physicians prescribe more exercise, right? That's kind of been a, you know, something that's been much more common over the past 10 years or so, 10, 15 years. But the new thing is we need to prescribe more sleep too. We need to mm. uh, along uh, right next to that prescription pad on, on, on exercise. We need to put, we need to put sleep as well.
1: Yeah. It, it's been, it's, it's been a wonderful journey understanding all of this stuff Mm -hmm. and it's led really to what you just said, that sleep is, is really everything. Yeah. Um, most, most conditions are boiled down to, you know, our body's inability to repair itself under normal functions. You know, our body's extremely powerful and if we give it the time that it needs to recharge, Mm -hmm. it's amazing what can happen. Um, as somebody who suffers, suffers from sleep apnea, if i forget to wear my appliance the next day i'm a shell of myself my Mm -hmm. immune system is more shot i mean i can definitely connect the times i get sick to the frequency at which i wear my appliance and that's oh wow very anecdotal i don't want to say everybody that wears their appliance (laughs) won't get sick or vice versa but my point is i can feel it in my body that uh, the gas in the gas tank is running a lot better Mm. when i get a good good night's sleep um There's a, there's a wonderful book that I'd recommend anybody uh, out here listening to this called Breathe by uh, James Castor, I believe is his name, mm-hmm. or Cantor. Uh, but if you just type in breathe, the, the connection of uh, our body's connection to oxygen, uh, it'll pop up. It's a yellow book. And this guy was an investigative journalist who stumbled upon the connection between breathing and overall health. Mm-hmm. And he basically went in and found you know, the really good, deep answers that medicine isn't really good at elucidating for us. Mm. Um, it's not a secret that we go to our doctor, our dentist, what have you, and we're going to get a pill, uh, you know, to treat. Sure. You know, we know, we know melatonin is not the answer. We know red right. drill is not the answer. Um, do they help you sleep? Yes. Do they help you sleep? Well, no. no. And it's unfortunate that uh, that's the route that a lot of physicians are taking, but medicine takes time. Dentistry takes time to come around full circle to the science that's available to us. Yeah, um, but he basically circumvented that. He's not a, he's not a physician. He's just an investigative journalist. He went and found all the answers. He talked to the right people, the experts in the field, and wrote a book for the layperson. Mm. And what it does, it connects our our body's ability to breathe to our, to our overall health. Mm. And it's quite amazing what you what you'll see in there. Um, Yeah, I could talk for days just about that book. Yeah,
0: sure. Well, I. I... I want to dive in a little bit more on the, the sort of reactionary approach to, to this type of problem. Cause it's something we see in our medical model all the time, whether we're talking about people coming in with questions about, you know, how well they're sleeping or sleep apnea or whatever the case might be, or we're talking about, you know, pain or cancer or lifestyle diseases, whatever we're talking about. It's very, very, very reactionary. And with the, Taking that to to these airway issues that that we're that we're talking about the 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 sleep apnea issues we're talking about is the, the you know, when we're talking CPAP versus the uh, appliance that you give people are, are are we talking a little bit of uh, of a aid in the CPAP versus something that's actually going to change the way that that airway is working for us in the in in the appliance is that at least at a minimum another step in the right direction of not just trying to get a quick fix on the problem without actually fixing some of the root cause of the problem?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, Part of it comes down to the sleep physician specifically coming up with the area of the airway that's compromised. Not everybody has the same problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, the CPAP is still the gold standard for treating sleep apnea, Mm -hmm. uh, obstructive sleep apnea. Uh, we're not talking about central sleep apnea that's a very rare condition that has to do with the wiring in the brain Uh, the obstructive one is the one that we're we're talking about it's the the plumbing problem not an electrical problem sure Uh, so in order to open up the tube uh, the cpap uses pressure and air to get down there Mm. um, which will open up most of the airway whereas the mandibular advancement device only opens a uh, the lower section of the airway which does happen to be the most likely area where you're gonna have um, collapse, which Mm -hmm. is what causes blockage of the airway. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So which one's better than the other? Right now it's a CPAP, uh, but really the answer comes down to, is it a nasal obstruction? So Mm -hmm. the nose actually plays a a large role in uh, airflow, and Mm -hmm. we're supposed to breathe through our nose, and we can spend plenty of time talking about nasal breathing (laughs) as the primary way to breathe. but I, I think it's important to know that there are many different treatment modalities, one of which is one that, that we make as dentists. Uh, when I first got into this, I thought everybody could be treated with oral, oral appliances. Mm. Uh, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. There are some patients who actually respond well to a CPAP and an oral appliance. Mm. Uh, the pressure that they need, so one of the downsides to a CPAP Patients complain about the pressure. It's just it's uncomfortable. You're putting a, you know, an attachment on your nose or on your mouth, and you're forcing pressure. That's just not comfortable.
0: Right.
1: Uh, Eventually, people get used to it, uh, but then they don't. (laughs) Right. Uh, CPAP has a compliance rate, I think, of forty eight percent at five years.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, So there's there's a high failure rate to therapy. Uh, continuity. Mm. With that said, these are all different tools. And I, I think it's just the awareness of the airway being important mm. that I think is the most important thing. Yeah, um, You know, the tool that we use, um, we're splitting hairs at that point. Sure. It's, it's fine. It's finding the people that don't know they have an airway problem. Mm. Uh, and there's many, many, many people out there. Every day in our dental office, we identify people who swear to God they have no airway problem, and then we we point something out or we we somehow get them to understand that they do. Mm. Uh, three months later, they their life is is changed. And the analogy I like to use, if you had a pair if you had if you needed glasses, mm. um, but you didn't necessarily think you couldn't see that well. and and the doctor tells you you need glasses. You don't really appreciate how much you needed glasses until you actually put them on. And anybody who's ever ever had glasses understands that moment. You're like, wow, this is what I was missing. Mm. We just, as humans, we're not, we're not uh, capable of understanding uh, what we're, what we're missing until we can actually see the other side of it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Sleep sleep apnea treatment's the same way you you get treated and you're like, wow, I could feel like this every day. Right. Uh, It's quite amazing. (laughs) And it doesn't affect everybody so positively, but uh, the number of stories that we've had, uh, we have two nurses that are patients and they work Mm. at sleep centers. Oh, wow. We identified it. Our our hygienists being very astute clinicians saw some signs and symptoms of airway compromise and Mm. ultimately put them through our program and made them appliances. They work at sleep centers, but sleep centers are used to getting that 70 year old overweight male. Um, Mm. You know, that's what medicine is looking for. They're looking for the person who's suffered from it for years and years and years. And, you know, this is, me coming full circle to your last comment, how can we be proactive about this? Mm. It, it's, yeah, I mean, well, and, and that's everything.
0: And 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 to that point, being a little bit more well-rounded in how we identify it, right? Because you said there are some people where the problem really is lower, right? Where the where the dental appliance might be the answer, but they got given a a a CPAP, which might have been forced more nasally than, than, than orally. And you're not actually getting to the actual root cause of that problem either. So those, you know, talk a little bit about how you're, you're identifying the difference in those two things in your office versus how a, a sleep study can do that. Right. Because it, it seems that um, maybe these two things need to be used in, in concert with each other in order to not just throw, throw the kitchen sink at the problem, but identify which of these two things is going to be best for the individual person. Or as you said, the combination of the two things, because for some people, maybe that's the answer right now.
1: Yeah. Customized treatment is the future of medicine, Mm. uh, but it's it's decades away. You know, we're still we're still trying to squeeze people into boxes, you know, right.
0: That's why we're having a podcast to your neck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got going uh, to get the word out.
1: <laughs> love, love to uh, love to revisit the podcast to, to talk some more. <laughs> um, yeah. Customizing the treatment. We use a variety of different tools to get a sense of um, where the constriction in the airway is. We use a thing called a pharyngometer, which is a um, it's a tool that sends an acoustic signal down the nose and through the mouth. Mm. And the reflection of that acoustic signal tells us where the constriction points are. It gives us a graph. So the farther away the constriction, the graph shows us that. Um, it's technology very similar to the sonar in a boat. Mm. You know, it sends a signal down, it bounces back, and it tells you what, what the bottom of the surface of the, um, the floor of the lake looks like. Right. Uh, so we, we use that technology to give us a sense of where it is. We also do a sleep study. We send patients home with equipment that they can do an at-home sleep study test. Uh, we upload it to a portal, and there's sleep physicians on the other end of the portal who are licensed in our state oh, wow. and they provide the diagnosis so as much as we get into the weeds of diagnosis and treatment we 're not allowed to diagnose. so we have to have a sleep gotcha. physician in the in the continuum of providers that are part of this process.
0: Mm. If
1: the patient is identified as having severe issues with the at home sleep study test, then we recommend they get the in um, in lab sleep study, sleep study test uh, sure. that they would get at a, at a sleep center, which is what most people are used to hearing about. Right. I don't want to get, I don't want to get one of those, you know, I'm not going right. to sleep well in a foreign environment. You know, my dad lasted all of three minutes, ripped all the wires off and went home Right. Um, and then suffered for another seven years until he finally had enough of it and oh, wow. slept through that night. You know, there's better ways to deliver medical care. And that's, mm. that's one of them. Um, there's arguments out there, whether the at home sleep study uh, is sufficient it's an excellent tool. <laughs> yeah, you know, sure, it, it'll give you an answer. Uh, it'll point you in the right direction. Uh, it also allows us to titrate it. So, if we give a patient an appliance, we can actually see how they're doing. Nobody mm. in medicine does that, right? No, nobody, nobody. There's no, there's nobody at, at home with their CPAP getting measured to see how well they're sleeping in their environment with their CPAP at the pressures in their house. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quantification it just seems to make sense. Reading.
0: That. that- you know, oh. it, it would make sense that 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 would be something that they would do. Yeah,
1: yeah, that that yeah. doesn't exist. So, yeah, you know, we're trying we're trying to increase the the awareness. There is several organizations in dentistry that deal with this. You know, we're mm. not we're not the first ones to this game. Uh, the American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine is is really the one that I think is the leader in this department. Mm. I'm currently working towards my di- diplomacy in that organization. Oh, fantastic. Uh, to, take a lot of time, got to pass some tests. Uh, but what they, what they try to do is get dentists to be uh, extremely well knowledge in the world of sleep and airway yeah. and uh, communicate well with the ENTs and the sleep doctors and the physicians mm. uh, to be able to create a cohort of doctors who can all work together to treat this. Because I can't treat everything. Some, yeah. some of these conditions are treated with moving the teeth. You know, if you have a narrow sure. palate, you know, Sometimes we need to move the teeth. Sometimes we have to surgically do it. So we have to bring neural oral surgeons in.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, the ENTs are involved with removing polyps and uh, enlarged tonsils. Mm-hmm. Then you need pediatricians because this is where it all starts. Yeah. Um, we think to truly this- preventative, right? We've got to yeah. start there, right? Yeah. Let, let me uh, share with you a little bit of what comes out of the book Breathe. Um, <clears throat> our entire problem with breathing starts pretty much once we get all our teeth in. Mm. Uh, And the reason is we don't use our muscles of our head and neck to, to chew our food. Our food is processed. It's soft. You know, what, what baby is eating raw broccoli at one year old? Well, there was, there there was a day when that existed. Uh, There was also a day when breastfeeding was done for, for many years. You know, we tend to get off Mm. the breast much sooner than we should breastfeeding being very good for the development of the jaws. Mm. So, (laughs) If you look at any skull before, say, the year 1500, if you go to a a museum and you look at those skulls, it's kind of amazing. They have these large jaws, large nasal cavities. They have all 32 teeth, none of them are crowded. What happened? Yeah. Well, around 1500 is when we started to refine wheat and food got a lot softer and there might be something to be said about gluten in the wheat causing allergies, which closes off the airway, which decrease, you know, it's all connected. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. You Read the book, breathe. And you're, you're going to be like, how does my doctor not know this? How are we not taught this in kindergarten? I mean, this stuff is super basic. None of this is advanced stuff, right? It's just Just peeling, connecting
0: connecting the dots, right?
1: Connecting the dots, you know, people have done it. You know, there's people who have been screaming this stuff for centuries and nobody listens because it's just mm. not how medicine is is, is wired. We, yeah. Western medicine focuses on the problem and not prevention, unfortunately.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So long story short, our, our, jaw, our jaws don't develop. Our palate is the floor. Sorry, the, the roof of the mouth is the floor of the nose. And like mm. I said earlier, nasal breathing is everything. Really comes down to nasal breathing flow it it really is everything yeah and because we don't develop our jaws we can't breathe through our nose inside of our nose we have a we have special cells that release a compound called nitric oxide and nitric oxide is extremely powerful at relaxing us relaxing our cardiovascular system Mm. Uh, if we don't breathe through our nose we don't get the nitric oxide we're not as relaxed as we should be Yeah, that's why when you meditate they say to breathe through your nose. Well, there's a physiologic reason why when you meditate breathing through your nose is the way uh, the way to do it. Mm. We are made to eat with our mouth and breathe through our nose.
0: Yeah,
1: breathing through our mouth is not a thing. And, you know, I'm sure you see lots of patients with uh, skeletal musculoskeletal issues that are mouth breathers, you know, the second you're breathing through your mouth, everything gets thrown out of whack. Yeah. We can see this at three, four, five years old. And, mm. you know, even the orthodontic community, the ones the, the dentists that put on braces will say, Yeah, let's wait to move your teeth until you're 12. Mm. You've missed the golden opportunity at a younger age to do what's called phase one orthodontics, which some orthodontists do. It's just not very lucrative. Sure. But that's the opportunity to move the skeletal structure. When you're 12 13, your skeletal structure is pretty much done at that point. I mean, it's going to grow, but it, I don't know if it's 80 90%. It's it's pretty much done. You've missed mm. the golden window to develop the jaw the way that it should be mm. so that you can breathe for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. That's That's it. Yeah. Well, that's, Yeah, so we want to get we want to get a team of clinicians that understand this stuff so that yeah. we can treat treat kids young.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. It definitely has to be collaborative. It definitely, ha- definitely has to be preventative in order to make significant change. But for, for those people right now who are, are maybe listening to this and wondering, what what are some signs that it's time to get this checked out beyond some of the classic signs of sleep apnea, which is your, your significant other elbowing you however many times a night? hoping that you're still alive over there or waking up because you're snoring a ton or just, or, or, or that classic symptom of, of waking up from eight hours of, of sleep that you felt like I didn't get up a whole bunch last night. You know, I slept eight hours, but still feeling quite tired and, and groggy and things like that. So people, people know about those things, but what are some other signs, both sleep related and maybe not sleep related? Maybe as you mentioned, pain-related, you know, musculoskeletal, either in the, the head, the jaw, the neck, even the back, whatever the case might be, what are some, what are some of those keys that would indicate that someone maybe should get this, this looked at for themselves?
1: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> um, I would start with, can you breathe through your nose? So there's a very simple technique called the caudals maneuver and that's C-O-T-T-L-E maneuver or Caudles um, reflex essentially what you do is you put your fingers right next to your uh, the bottom part of your nose and you pull to the side. And if you can breathe considerably better when you do that, there's a high likelihood you have nasal obstruction. That doesn't mean you have sleep apnea, but it might. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it might mean that you have uh, airway compromise. Okay. Uh, so I'm taking a step back away from sleep apnea. And I'm just saying, what are the things that we can look for that indicate we can't breathe well sleep mm. apnea is w- one of them yeah uh, but constri- constricted um, nasal passages is another we can have nasal polyps
0: mm.
1: allergies that increase the tissue inside of our nose Yeah, uh, so there is there is a whole lot that we can look at just from the nose to get a sense of are we struggling mm. if we're not getting enough air what are the things that you know through our nose and then through the rest of the pipe what are the things that we can look at one is what we call scalloping of the tongue and the scalloping of the tongue is best described as uh, little indentations on the sides of your tongue that look like the cookie, cookie monster ate a bite out of the cookie, you know, that kind of <laughs> corrugated look. Yeah. Um, essentially it's an imprint of the insides of your teeth on your tongue. And the reason we do that is because our body is struggling to breathe and it's pushing the tongue forward to try to create more airway. And people who do this every night, they have very obvious scalloping of the tongue. So if anybody's listening and they're wondering, uh, just type in a Google scalloping, s c a l l o p i n g, of the tongue, and you'll see all kinds of images of what this looks like. Yeah. You're probably going to see the most severe images on Google, but <laughs> sure, uh, mild <laughs> scalloping. With the doctor Google, <laughs> the Doctor Google. Yeah, I'm just trying to relay a picture to you guys. <laughs> right. Sure. Um, yeah. So scalloping of the tongue uh, grinding of teeth is a manifestation of struggling to breathe mm. uh, migraines TMJ problems myofacial pain problems any any sort of pain issue can be directly related to it uh, there's quite a bit of evidence to s- indicate that most chronic pain patients have airway problems yeah, uh,
0: makes a lot of it's sense. just
1: it, it's mind-blowing I mean it's, it's literally simple but it's it's so simple it's not mm. Uh <laughs> Other medical conditions that tend to be correlated to it, I wouldn't say that sleep apnea or airway compromise causes them, but these are typically things that you see correlated, hypertension, diabetes, Mm. high cholesterol, um, all of the the major things, Alzheimer's, dementia, um, any inflammatory condition, Mm. which I think we know inflammation is the root to every problem that we have or many of the problems we have in our body, including cancer uh inflammation is connected to our body's ability to breathe at the end of the day breathing is everything (laughs) yeah uh so what do you look for if you're not if you're not living a high quality of life take a look at your airway first yeah and 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 find a a dentist or sleep physician that really fully understands this stuff Mm. Uh, the american academy of dental sleep medicine would be a great place to go and i think they have a find a dentist locator uh, there's also a, uh, a fabulous group of clinics all around the world started by a doctor, he's actually a dentist named Steven Olmos, O-L-M-O-S. Um, if you type his name in, he has centers that uh, run off of his algorithms. Uh, he's a very smart guy that had some breathing problems and realized that nobody had figured this stuff out, so he spent several years of his life diving through the literature the ENT literature, the sleep literature, the dental literature, and realized that there was quite a, quite a need for somebody to come up with the answer. And he's definitely um, developed quite the institutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you could reach out if there's a center near you, he would definitely understand. He, he, he focuses on airway and TMJ problems, mm-hmm. um, but it's all connected. It, Find yeah. somebody that understands the airway. For sure. And if you want to email me, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, we'll put the, my email in the notes, uh, Definitely, podcast yeah. notes and so we can go from there.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's fantastic. I think, I think that's a good, uh, you know, I, I talk to uh, people a lot about, you know, if you feel like you've tried everything for a certain problem you have going on. And, and, and as you, as you mentioned earlier, you're, you're hundred percent right. Where if we were adjusting one part of our body, even the bottom half of our jaw, moving in a certain position just to breathe better i say just to breathe better (laughs) again it's one of the it's the most important thing that we do it keeps us alive um but if we adjust just adjusting that can change the mechanics of the jaw in the in the head can change the mechanics of the head on the neck the neck on the back the mid back through the low back which can change things in the in the hips all the way back up through through the shoulders all the way down to the feet it it, it literally is top to bottom just by bringing part of that jaw forward so that we can, so that we can breathe better. It is all very connected. So I, I tell people all the time, if you feel like you've tried everything, maybe you've tried some of the right things, just not all at the same time, you know, in, 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 in concert with each other. And those of you out there that maybe checked a few of those boxes when, when Dr. Roy was talking about, you know, chronic pain or, you know some of the stuff we talked about about sleep apnea in general. You know, someone telling you they think you might have it, or or waking up just not feeling rested, or maybe you're sick more often than you'd like to be, or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, search that out because it's not going to hurt. That's that's the thing is it's not going to hurt to investigate it and, and and check it out. And and as I say this, Doctor Roy, one other thing that pops into my head: if you are being prescribed or, or, uh, referred for a sleep study. So someone out there listening has maybe just been told this and they're, and they're going to set one of these things up. Should you also get a hold of either your dentist or another dentist or or dental professional that works in this field and get that looked at at the same time? Would that just be good, good hygiene to, to, to do them both, uh, at, at the same time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one big reason is most sleep physicians don't even know what these oral appliances are. Mm. Um, if you had mild sleep apnea and you had to wear a CPAP, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. You're not yeah. going to notice that much of an improvement to wear this big, cumbersome thing every night. Right. If you have severe, you know, you're stopping breathing a hundred times every hour. Yeah. Mm. You're going to wear the CPAP. It's going to change your life. No doubt. Uh, but if you have mild, that's still compromising your health, but you may not notice a difference enough to put up with that machine. Right? What about the oral appliance? That's really where the dentist comes in. And because mm-hmm. most patients either have mild or moderate, we play a very integral role in that. Uh, so going to the American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine, finding a provider, they're all over the country, uh, finding somebody who specializes in this, and then working with a sleep physician mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, I'm not saying that the in-lab in, in lab, sleep studies are bad. Uh, if that's the r- route that you're gonna take, you're still gonna find the answer. Uh, but I think it's really good to bring your dentist in uh, so that you can evaluate potentially having this oral appliance instead of the CPAP. And mm. that really, uh, you're gonna to you're be more compliant. And they've done studies on this to show that the compliance rates of the oral appliances is far superior to the CPAP yeah. at, at five years. Yeah. Uh, so it's important. Yeah, makes makes total sense, makes total sense. Well, fit, yeah. fit fantastic. Yeah. Can, I, can I end with one thing? Yes. The easiest, the easiest thing we can do, uh, most people suffer from nasal breathing. As you can see, I've been talking a lot about nasal breathing. Um, it's the most important thing that you can do before you go to see your doctor. If you think that you're struggling breathing through your nose or you feel like you're a mouth breather, uh, I've done, I'm not trying to plug here, but I did a YouTube video on uh, what I'm doing for my patients is a, a very simple nasal hygiene protocol. Mm. Uh, it, it involves a couple sprays over the counter, uh, breathe right strips, uh, a few different things that you can do to, to start the process of breathing better. Mm. And since we started doing this in our office, the number of people who say their back pain goes away because mm-hmm. we could get them breathing through their nose. I mean, you just articulated the, the, the connection
0: yeah.
1: um, between the rest of our body. Um, this isn't the answer but it's the beginning and it might prove that everything we just spent the last half hour talking about is actually somewhat valid. Uh, I employ employer everybody to go check it out. Yeah. Uh, So if you just type in YouTube, um, nasal breathing, new England center for advanced dental education, it'll bring you to a video. And, uh, that's about a 40 minute video of me talking about this whole concept of nasal breathing, Uh, mostly what to do. And it's all over the counter. It's all safe uh you show up to your doctor and you say hey this this has been working for me what can we do to make this permanent and then you get a referral to an ENT and then you start to go down the journey of getting better health yeah
0: yeah all this stuff is a piece of the puzzle right Pieces of the puzzle so so yeah the the positioning of a of a head or neck can can have a huge effect on back pain and and then uh you know falling through and addressing some of the other muscle imbalances that would put more stress on the spine too uh you can you can uh, bulletproof your back through, through some nasal hygiene, maybe a dental appliance and some good uh, well-rounded uh, exercise and mobility work, um, you, can, you can beat the statistics of 60 to 80 percent of people having back pain in their lifetime just by doing yeah. a little bit of preventative work from a strength mobility perspective and from, a, from a, uh, a, an airway breathing and, and hygiene perspective. That's you got it. Yeah, it's all a piece of the puzzle. Well, fantastic. We'll make sure we link that video in the, in the show notes of the podcast, along with all of the contact information for you and for soccer river dentistry, because yeah, those are all great resources for people. So, uh, Dr. Wright, two final questions for you here on the podcast that we ask all guests of the podcast. So, uh, number one, what would, what is your definition
1: of strength? Strength is getting up in the morning and not letting any, uh, external forces knock you down. Nice. Mental, mental and physical. So just having that, having that fortitude inside that anything that happens to you throughout your day, you can, you can weather that storm.
0: Yeah. Great. Awesome. And what is your
1: true purpose in life? Wow. That's a good one. (laughs) I, I think about it daily. It's not that I'm stumped by any stretch, but, uh, uh, I'm wired in a certain way that I do feel like there is a specific purpose and it's to to spread what everything we just talked about you know it's mm. to spread the word of better health yeah. um, I, I'm somebody who eats what i you know eats the cooking that I make um, I need the advice that I give to my patients each and every day mm. um, and I see it making a instrumental impact on my own life and I I just love sharing that with others. Uh, So if I can make the world a better place, just like you are spreading the word of better health and wellness, uh, then I've achieved my goal. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: Love it. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Like I said a little earlier in the, in the podcast, we got to, that's one of my main goals of, of this platform, just, just to get the word out there about things that people aren't hearing a ton about or, uh, or enough about that can go such a long way in having a giant impact on their on their health and well-being, both uh, mentally, physically, and, and and emotionally, as well, because it's all it's all connected. <laughs> sure is. It's, it's all connected. Awesome. Well, uh, well, well, Dr. Nick Roy, thank you so much for for your time. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all this stuff with us. Uh, even with some of the conversations we've had, I've even learned a little bit more, which I which I love. I tell people this all the time. I selfishly do this just to learn about what all these awesome folks I bring on here have to say. So, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I'd lo- love to come back on in the future if I if I can provide some more value to your listeners.
0: Of course. Oh, I'm sure we can I'm sure we can find a lot of great stuff to talk about, but we'll love to we we should definitely uh, have have another episode talking about TMJ and the cascade of pain that can cause. I think the I think I think we that would be some really good information because it's an underserved population, I think, as you and I have have, have chatted about uh, uh, off the podcast, but yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll definitely have you back on for sure. Sounds yeah. good. Awesome. Thanks so much. And, and, and thank everybody out there, of course, yes. And everyone out there, thank you so much for, for listening. Truly appreciate it as always. If you found value in this episode, please be a friend and tell a friend, share this with someone, you know, that you care about that could find value in this episode as well. I always appreciate the, the likes, shares comments, five-star reviews on your favorite podcast platform. We just want to get this information out to as many people as possible so that everyone out there can be living a happier, healthier, and wealthier life and fulfill their true purpose in life by being mentally, emotionally, and physically stronger. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you back here next time on the Strength For Your Purpose podcast. Make it a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Strength for Your Purpose podcast. Whether you're a first-time listener or a returning listener, I can't thank you enough for coming in here and taking in these conversations to help fulfill your true purpose in life. If you found value in this episode, please be a friend and tell a friend and share it with someone you know, respect, and care about who will find value in it as well. I would be so appreciative if you would also leave a five-star rate and review wherever it is, that you are listening to this. I would also love to interact with you. You can find us anywhere on social media at Strength For Your Purpose Pod and the email to get a hold of us for questions or inquiries about being on the podcast is also in the show notes. If you have any questions personally for me in regards to your health or wellness, I would love to talk to you about those as well and all of my contact information is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening to this episode. I hope to have you back here next week for another great conversation. And until then, go make it a great week. Thanks, so.